Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Pastor Derek Dunn, Senior Pastor of City Harvest Church in Orange County. To find out more about City Harvest or Pastor Derek, please visit chcus.org or derekdunn.org. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at chcus and at cyberderek. Well, it's great to, to be back, and we've been in a season of um, just really setting our heart to seek the Lord, and uh, our verse that we've been kind of launching out on is found in Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. It says, if my people, someone say if. Yeah. That means there's a requirement. That means if. If we do it, this will happen. If we don't do it, it's not going to happen. And uh, that's how the kingdom of God is. God is a God of whosoever will. He's not a respecter of persons. We all have the same opportunity, but we need to follow and obey the word of God. Amen? So he says, if my people who are called by my name, are you called by his name? You're saved this morning. Amen? It says that we will humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, that he will hear from heaven. And what will he do? He will forgive our sins and he will come and he will heal our land. So as there's a time of seeking God. It's a time uh, we go through our normal uh, routines and our disciplines as a Christian. You know, where should you be on Sunday or Saturday, whatever it is. You know, if you're here in City Harvest, we worship on Sunday. The right place to be is not at home in bed. Amen. It's to be in church. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. And, you know, we got people away this morning. And Matt and Catherine are in Palm Springs. The people are out of, out of town. I get that. That's fine. But I make it as much as I, uh, possible as I can to be in church because that's where we should be. Amen. The fish belong in the sea. The birds are in the air. And Christians, we need to be in the community of God, one together coming and, and, and bringing our, our, uniting together in our common faith. Amen. So, so, but it says, if we will pray, if we will seek his face, what will happen? He will move in our midst. And that's what we're wanting to see. We started out looking at King Rehoboam and the Bible says he didn't seek the Lord and he did evil. He didn't come from a bad family. His father was Solomon. His grandfather was King David. These were men of God, but they, he, didn't, they didn't set, he didn't set his heart to seek the Lord. And therefore, what happened? Evil came about. And so as we seek God, it doesn't mean that bad things might not happen. You might not have some challenges this year. Amen. I'm not preaching hyper faith this morning. Come on, bad things happen to good people. You go through tr- struggles. We have trials. The Bible says, count it all joy whenever you fall into various trials or temptations. Why? Because it's producing something in us. But when you've sought the Lord and you know where God's bringing you, when you hit those things, it's just like a little speed bump. You don't get derailed. You don't get disillusioned because you know where God is bringing you. You know what God has said, and you know that it's just the storm as you're going over to the other side. Are you here? Amen? And so this morning, I want to take it a little bit uh, deeper because we got to understand how God works. And, uh, you know, someone had said this, God's the 1159 God. I wish he wasn't that way, amen. I wish he was like an instant God. You know, it's like two minutes on the microwave, you add your prayer time, and boom, it's done. But God doesn't work that way. Are you, anyone else like me? I mean, we, we love that. That's how we are. We're instant. And we have our society. We can do a thing with a push of the button you can give this morning. You know, uh, it used to be when I was overseas in the mission field, you know, we sent faxes. I just dated myself. Some of the young people are like, what's a fax? You know, but, but we'd put paper in this machine and you'd write a letter and it got there instant. It was great because you didn't have to mail it. You know, but now you can be anywhere in the world. My wife's halfway around the world, 5,000 miles away in Singapore. 10,000, sorry, uh, 10,000 miles away in Singapore, and we can t- FaceTime with a click of the button wherever she's at, pick up the phone, and we're now doing a conference call, and it's free. It's awesome. But God is a God. He's not always instant. He doesn't always do things that way. Why? Because he wants to produce something in our lives. And so as we're going through and we're, we're, we're enduring and we're waiting for answered prayers, what is God doing? He's producing patience in us. We say, yes, God, give me patience and give it to me now. But it doesn't work that way. And so we've got to understand God is producing something in us. What are the trials, the temptations, the things that we go through? It's producing stamina in us. It's producing strength in us. I'm glad I'm still growing, and I'm, you are too, but I'm glad my faith has grown a little bit more than it was 25 years ago. I've had some victories. You know, I've slayed some lions, some bears. I mean, so when the giants come, I've got a little bit of faith because I know if God can be, slay the lion, he can slay the bear. Come on, he can help us slay the Goliaths in our lives. Are you here? And so faith grows, but we need to understand that God is a God. He's not an instant God. It doesn't just happen. You know, we, we, we give our tithe, we pray, we say a worship song and do our little routine and bingo, it happens. God is not a vending machine. 
He's producing things in us. And sometimes it's not the destination that's most important. It's the journey. Because in the midst of the journey, come on, he's building something on the inside of us. Tell your neighbors today, say, he's building something on the inside of you. Amen? But we need to also understand that even though God is not instant, he doesn't do everything according to our timetable, but God is the God of the suddenlies. And so the title of my message this morning is the suddenlies of God. Because there are people you can be waiting and you want things instant, it doesn't happen, but then all of a sudden God does it. And if you're not ready, you miss it. And so we need to be ready. The Bible says in season and out of season and understand God. Yeah, he takes his time. He's producing, you know, he said, I'm coming back soon. And it's been more than 2000 years. That seems like a long time. Amen. Most of us don't live that long. All right. None of us do. But he said, I'm coming back soon. But to a day to the Lord, when you live outside of eternity, it's like a thousand years. So it's only been two days. So even if he comes within three days, that's still pretty soon. Are you here? Amen. So God is a God of the suddenness. And we got to understand when we're seeking the Lord and we come into this time and we're in a 21 days of prayer, of fasting, and we've encouraged you to, to seek the Lord and to, to set that time out. You know, different people are doing different things, but do something to begin to seek God. Because when you begin to do that, what are you doing? You're setting yourself up for breakthrough. You're setting yourself up for the suddenness. Because we set our heart, we're giving up other things that occupy our time, that, that occupy our desires. And we're saying, God, I want you. And we're seeking the Lord. We get God's attention. Can you say amen? Amen? Some of us have been praying for breakthroughs. How many of you want believing God for some breakthroughs in 2019? We're believing God for some family members to be saved, some, some breakthroughs in our business. And I've even started seeing breakthroughs. I had a, a homeowner's on the market six months, expired, got the listing back again. Didn't do anything different. In two weeks, it sold. During the midst of this time. What? Because God is working for us. Are you here? And I'm believing God for other things. But as we're seeking God, and many of you have testimonies and written in and, and spoken to us of God's doing something. Why? Because Jesus said this kind, when they tried to cast out demons and it didn't work, they don't come out except for prayer and fasting. And so when we're seeking God, what are we doing? We're building up. We're putting our focus on God. We're putting our attention upon God. And when we draw near to him, what does he do? He draws near to us. As we honor him, he honors him as we seek him we will find him that's how the kingdom of god works are you here it's god is a motion sensitive god he's a god of action amen and so you know things happen suddenly mary was a teenage girl who had a heart after god and all of a sudden an angel appears and it totally changed her world and she walked away out of that encounter and she's impregnated by the holy spirit some of us don't be praying for that only happens once don't worry god's not going to do that to you but it was, a, it was something that happened suddenly. There, there was a group, Simeon and, and, the, and his wife, Anna, and they're praying for the Messiah. And all of a sudden, as they've been praying, they've been seeking God, and they're in the temple praying. Here walks in a couple, Joseph and Mary, and they have this little boy named Jesus. And they in, had an encounter with the Messiah. So all of a sudden, in the midst of things, in that journey, as we're seeking God, God will move and all of a sudden, the thing we've been praying for, it begins to happen in our life. God moves suddenly when we seek him. But you got to seek him. Amen? God moves suddenly when we seek him. Now, every day of our life is an opportunity for answered prayer. Thank you for those two grunts. <laughs> every day is an opportunity for answered prayer. But what happens? The Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing. And so... Once we've been a Christian, you know, for a while, when we're newly saved, we expect God to move suddenly. So we're praying. We pray for every, you know, every sick person we can find. We're laying hands on them. And God starts moving. And it's like, this is awesome. We pray for a financial breakthrough, and it happens instantly. And, you know, we pray for our mother to get saved. And, you know, she sees us. And, we, you know, we used to be, you know, we were, we were someone who was, you know, getting a testimony. And now she sees a change in us. And so our family starts coming to the Lord. All these things start happening. But after we've been saved a little while, after we start growing our, our faith, we lose out on that expectation. And so we can, we can become a little bit religious. No one likes to be religious. But what is it? We have a form, but there's no power in it. That's what religion is. A form of God. So we pray, but we don't expect our prayers to be answered. Come on. We give, but we don't really expect prosperity. It's just something we have to do because we owe God. 
And we can lose out on the expectation of what God has for us. But every day is an opportunity for, for the miraculous. Every day is an opportunity for an answer prayer. Every day is an opportunity and we should wake up thinking, what is God going to do today? Who's God going to touch today? And live our life that way. But we can get in the place and we, you know, we even become a little religious and we make up reasons why God doesn't move. So someone's sick and... Even though sickness doesn't come from God, or God says every good and perfect gift comes from above. There's no darkness in him, but when someone's sick, oh, well, God's just trying to teach you something. They died and didn't learn anything. Are you here? How many, I grew up hearing stuff like that. Someone's going through a financial difficulty, and we just say, well, just trust God, just endure. Your home's not here anyway, it's in heaven. Well, I need some help now. I don't want to wait for eternity. I'm still a young man. Come on. And yet God says that you will prosper not just in that life, but in the life to come. Now, I'm not, you know, preaching that everyone's going to be a millionaire or billionaire. So that's not our call. That's not, but what is prosperity? You have your needs met. You're not under debt. You're not under power. Debt. Your needs are met and you have more than enough not just to meet your family's needs, but to help some other people. That's what Susan was talking about this morning. That's Christianity. That we're blessed to be a blessing. Are you here? There was a man, Abraham and Sarah. And God promised Abraham and Sarah they would have a boy, but it took 25 years. Are you here? What if they gave up after three years? They wouldn't have seen the promise. Sometimes it's a time before we see the full fulfillment of of what God has said. But thank God they didn't give up. God encouraged them on the way. They look at the sand and the Lord said, you're going to have the descendants like the sand. And Abraham's thinking, I just need one. Look at the stars, and God says, look at the stars. You're gonna, your descendants are going to be as the stars. And he's like, Lord, just give me one. Come on. I just want a son. 25 years later, God shows up and says, the promise is going to be fulfilled. You know, Abraham, he tried to help God along too. Come on. Sarah said, I'm old. Factory's closed. But I have a servant. Now, that's another sermon. But sometimes we even try to help God and spiritualize it. You know, I love this guy. There's a Chris Christie. I don't know if you've seen his Instagram, but he's on there and he's always making fun of Christians, you know, and, it's, and he's a Christian guy, but it's always, you know, goofy stuff. And he, he, he makes fun of the silly stuff that we say that's just ridiculous. And it's hilarious. Well, I'm just, you know, how Christians don't know how to say no. So what do we say? Oh, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just, I'm just not feeling it today. You know, I need to seek the Lord a little bit more. I just asked you for lunch. Come on. And we come up with all this stuff, you know, and yeah, let me, let me pray about that. <laughs> and we never pray and we never get back. Because we don't like to say no. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Don't come up with religious things to try to disqualify why God doesn't do things. Are you here this morning? Amen? Sometimes we talk ourselves out of the miracles. We talk ourselves out of this suddenly. And we're not expecting God to do anything so he doesn't do it. When we come for our service, whenever two or three of us are gathered, what does he say? I'm going to be there in the midst of you. So when we come together, we should be expectant. When we come for connect group, be expectant. Come for prayer meeting, be expectant that God's going to speak to you. Come on, don't show up when worship's over. Show up during praise. Come on. Show up during worship so so you can encounter God. Don't miss out on, on the visitation of what God is wanting to do in your life. Say amen. amen. Thank God for technology. But if you're watching online this morning in your pajamas and you could have been here, don't miss out. It's better here. And all the people here said amen. amen. Don't be, be that kind of person who doesn't want to miss out. Those are people that, that get somewhere. Those, people that are there, those are the people that follow Jesus. There were a lot of people that had excuses. Come follow me. Oh, I can't. My parents are still alive. Let me, let me wait till they die and then I'll follow you. And Jesus just kept walking. And that guy missed out on what he had. There was one person, Jesus, you're a great teacher. You're this, you're that. What must I do to follow you? And Jesus said, go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and trust me to be the source of your life. Oh, that's a hard saying. And so he missed out on the opportunity of following Jesus. What is the thing that's holding us back in our life? Expectation could be one thing. It's easy to sacrifice. It's easy to give and sow in tears when you know you're going to reap in joy. It's easy to sow when you know you're going to reap. Are you here? 
It's easy to pray when you know that you're going to encounter God. It's not just a religious duty. It's easy to read your Bible when you know that the Word's going to come alive and it's going to change your life and transform you and be a mirror in your life and be a lamp unto your, your path. But if we're not expecting those things, then our Christian walk becomes very difficult. Can you say amen this morning? Amen. Suddenlies won't happen in our life if there's not expectation. The supernatural happens in an atmosphere of expectation. Let's say that together. Say the supernatural happens in an atmosphere of expectation. Jesus could do no mighty works. Why? Because they didn't have expectation. The Son of God, he had the Holy Spirit without measure, shows up and could do nothing because there was no expectation. Why? Because God doesn't move with his no expectation. He was still God. So what did Jesus do? He had to teach the word. He had to renew people's mind. He had to build some faith in them. And then when expectation came, then he healed. But there are other places he walked into town. What did he do? He healed every single person. The Bible said he healed all. Someone say all. Why? Because they had expectation. Are you here? Suddenly it's happened when there's an atmosphere of expectation. I don't know about you, but this year I want to see suddenlies in my life. Amen. I want to see suddenlies in my business. I want to see suddenlies in our church. I want to see suddenlies in, in my family. But I've got to understand, I've got to have expectation. And even for me, as I'm seeking the Lord, there are certain things you just keep praying it because you've been praying it, but I'm really not expecting it to happen. I'm not when the phone rings thinking, is that the phone call? Come on, is this the week where someone put 50 grand in the offering? Say amen or oh me. Come on. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed. No, no I'm just kidding. But, but come on, is this the week? Is this the week where, where God does a miracle and someone gets healed in worship? Is this the week where, where God does something in the connect group and, and someone comes that was strung out? I went to Miwok Village to this church and I, I told you the leaders a little bit about it last week. And the church started 50 years ago. They're celebrating their 50th year anniversary. But the church started as a Bible study. By this woman who was a single lady and she didn't want to be a pastor because back then they didn't believe women could preach and doctrine was a little messed up. And as she was on her deathbed and she got sick, the Lord came to her and said, are you going to obey me or are you going to come home to heaven? She said, Lord, what do you mean obey you? He said, I've called you to be a pastor. He said, women can't be pastors. And God began to take her through all the women in the book of Acts and in the New Testament, Aquila, Priscilla, and all those that were leaders in the church and began to straighten out her doctrine. But that was a time it was, it was very difficult. Are you here? Amen? And I'm not going to go there this morning because that's a whole other teaching and message. But come on, there's no male or female. You know, you know yes, we, we understand that a, a, a woman is not supposed to have authority over her husband. But come on, how many of you are not married here today? My wife's up here this morning. Why? Because it's not because she's usurping her authority because I say get up there and take the offering. Amen? So there's no breach of <laughs> protocol here. Are you here? And so, so that's, that's what that's talking about. It's not talking about a woman so so she got up and she started this bible study and she was a you know a very good bible teacher and god said go plant this church in, in up on the mountains and this place miwok village where she was at it's a place where all the druggies used to come it was the hippie town back in the 60s and so they would go up there and they had you know marijuana plants and all this kind of stuff people would go up there and so i mean it's a weird place all hippies are there and people come up with like you know no shoes on coming for the service and things like that. And, and I was talking to the, she's gone to be the Lord now, and I was talking to the pastor, and he said, you know, I grew up in that church. I was here. And he said, there, it was almost every week, we'd go out for lunch after service, and people would come strung out on drugs, and she would pray for them, and instantly they'd get sober. Instantly they, they'd wise up and wake up and say, oh, where am I at? And she preached the gospel to them, and they got saved. Wow. Oh, come on, give the Lord a big hand, Amen. And that's how she built the church with all these people that she wasn't her kind of people. She, she honestly didn't like people like that. You know, come on. There's a lot of strange people out there. Are you here? But we need to love them. And the love of God flowed through and a whole generation came on. And now there's a third generation that's there now who are educated and working and driving into San Francisco and, you know, working and high flyers and they come in and God brings people in. You know, they're struggling with addiction. They're looking at these people. Well, I'm not sure. We want to reach out to them. And the pastor looks and says, that's your grandparents. <laughs> but what do I say that? Do we expect that thing to happen where people come? Sometimes, you know, I'm sick, so I stay home from church. Well, why don't we have expectation? I'll get healed. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 
you know, I'm not feeling well. Get some, well, I'm feeling a bit depressed. Hello, the right place to be is in church. Don't stay home alone and be depressed. Have some expectation. Come on, when I, when I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, something's going to happen. Come on, when I start praising God how, for who he is and offer up, why is it called the sacrifice of praise? Because come on, you don't always feel like praising at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Come on, next time when we have a 9 o'clock and an 11.30, 9 o'clock service, it's going to be even harder sometimes. Are you here? Except for Peter and Jane and the morning people out there, you know, that are up at four or five o'clock. But come on, I'm not the morning person type, but yet I see God. I used to, you know, come my do- I used to tell people I have the night watch. <laughs> kind of excuse me from praying in the morning. I got the night watch. I don't, you know, you take the morning watch, I pray at night, you know. But then I start reading through the Bible and the Bible says, early will I seek you. First thing I'll seek you. The Lord said, you need to set the course for your day and don't just take the night watch. Why don't you add another watch? And so, you know, I had to get rid of my religion and start seeking God. But I began to see it sets the focus for my day. Because when you wake up in the morning, your mind is fresh. When you get in the presence, when you, when you get in the word, when you, what happened? You set the focus for a great day. This is the Lord, day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. It's not, oh my gosh, I'm late. I need my Starbucks and I got to rush to work. <laughs> get the kids to school or all those things. It changes your perception. You know, some people, your whole personality changes. You, you're, you're, you're like grumpy if you haven't prayed. And some people like that, I just look at them and say, you haven't prayed today, did you? No, go pray and we'll talk again. <laughs> I don't even try to get into it, you know. It's like sometimes my wife, I just need to feed her. She's not angry, she's hangry. <laughs> Have you eaten today? No, okay, let's not even get into it. Eat and we'll talk afterwards, you know. <laughs> feed her, amen. And so we, we've got to get things right so that we can have that proper expectation. Are you seeking the Lord? Let me ask you. Or are you just seeking the reward? That expectation and seeking the Lord is what? That encounter with him, that God is good. But are we seeking the person? Are we seeking Jesus? Are we seeking him because we just love him? Or are we seeking the reward that he'll bring for us? We don't give to get. That's a byproduct of giving out of a heart that loves Jesus. Come on. Because you can never outgive God. But come on. If you're just giving with the wrong motivation, something's wrong. That's what the world does. They give to try to get favor. To try to get influence. So we, you know, give each other gifts. And we have people that send us stuff at Christmas. And they're our vendors. Why? They want us to stay with them. It's not really out of love. It's not really out of appreciation. Nothing wrong with that. I'll take it. Amen. (laughs) But there's something different. If you're just giving to a woman because you want her to do your laundry and say amen so she can take care of you because you're no longer living with your mother, that's not a great way to start out a marriage. And all the women said, amen. you know, come on, if you're, if you're giving a man what he wants just so you don't have to pay bills and I can be an Orange County housewife, come on, I got real quiet here this morning. Come on, that's not the right motivation. It's got to be love and all those things that we provide and we do for each other. It's because of love. I miss my wife, not just because she helps bring the kids to school. That's part of it. Amen. But come on, I miss being with her. I miss the companionship. I miss the partnership. I miss the relationship. I miss just sitting in, in a room and doing nothing because you're in love. Are you here? Amen. Are you here? Some of you are looking at me like, what? Come on, pray. God, let everybody experience that. It's beautiful. But what's the expectation? Is it to get something or is it to give something? Are we seeking the Lord or are we seeking the reward? Sometimes we resign, you know, to just seeking God just because I want the blessing. I just want the answer. But don't just come to God with your grocery list. Come to God because you're seeking to know him. You want to want him involved in your life. Come on. And because of that, you seek God. God says he's looking to show himself strong to those whose hearts are towards him. But what's the key? The heart's towards him. If you just give to get, let me tell you, you're not going to be blessed. Because that's going to be something that just makes your heart worse. We've got to have the right motivation. Amen? Well, I want to preach because I love to preach. No, you've got to love people. It's not about, well, look how great I am and how eloquent I am. No, you've got to have a heart for people. Until then, clean the toilets. Come on, until then. Do something else. Serve the tables. The, the apostles, Stephen, and all the, Paul, start out waiting tables. 
Start out teaching a Bible study. Why? Because you've got to get a heart for people. We've got to have the right heart when we seek God. Amen? Matthew 6 and verse 31 says this, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Don't come and worry about all your needs. Come on, God knows you need to pay your bills. God knows you need a job. God knows all those things. For after all these things, the Gentiles, the Gentiles were the heathens, those that didn't know God, they seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Tell your neighbor, he knows what you need. But what does it say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What is he saying? Seek first the king. Come on, seek first a relationship with the king. Get into the kingdom. Get into a relationship with God. All those things will come. And I'm not saying you just sit home and you don't have to work. Yeah, there's a labor that's to it, but God will bless the work of your hands. There's a lot of people out there working. There's a lot of people with degrees that are driving Uber. Come on, if you're driving Uber, uh, nothing against that. Do what you can, but come on. It's not, why don't you get a college degree so I can do well? No. There's a favor that's there. If we're working just as hard as the rest of the world, putting as much labor in and getting the same results, how can we say that God's involved? Are you here? But when we're doing what God wants us to do, and we're, we're laboring, and God is doing it, and God is giving the increase. Come on, that's where God gives the, the glory. You can prosper without Jesus. But Jesus says this, when you prosper, he says you prosper, and God adds no sorrow to it. Are you here? Come on, we believe that. Give the Lord a big hand this morning. Amen? When you seek God, he'll satisfy every need. But don't just seek him for the blessing. You know, I, in Asia, I did ministry for many years. Many of you know, 18 years as a missionary in Asia. But I find people come to Christ sometimes because they, they tried this God and it didn't work. They tried that God and it didn't work. So, okay, let's try Jesus. And it's more like, you know, they're coming just trying to get a blessing because the other blessing, they went to the temple and did all the incense and did all those things and, and went through and it didn't work. So let's try Jesus. But that's the wrong mentality. Are you here? We need to seek the relationship with him. There are a few ways that can hinder the suddenness of God. Let me give you a few quickly. Number one, trying to rush God's timing. Come on, have you ever done that? I've done that before. God, I want it and I want it now. But again, as I mentioned earlier, God is working in our life. God moves suddenly, but he moves suddenly in his timeline, not yours. Amen? The book of Acts. The Bible talks about the day of Pentecost that had fully come. They were all assembled in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. They were having a prayer meeting, but they've been having that prayer meeting for 40 or more days. Are you here? They were seeking God. And so, yeah, the, Jesus told them to wait. Some people... They left. They stopped seeking God. After five days, after 10 days, well, I got stuff to do. But 120 waited. And all of a sudden, on that day, when the time was fulfilled, on the day of Pentecost, it was the day that God had determined the Holy Spirit poured out and a great revival poured out. There appeared as tongues of fire on each of them. A mighty rushing wind rushed through that prayer meeting. Come on. Filled the whole place, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance, and they went out of that place. Peter preached, and 3,000 men got saved in one day. The church begins to blow up. Come on, that's something that's, that no man can do. That's a move of God, but it happened suddenly. The Holy Spirit came on the day that God had determined for him to come, and they didn't know that was the day at that time. Are you here? Amen? They sought the Lord, and in the midst of seeking day after day after day, all of a sudden, it was time, and God began to move, and it was a great blessing that poured out. Amen? So don't put God into your timetable. God, I'm going to pray, and God, if you don't move in this 30-minute prayer meeting, I'm not going to pray again. Can you imagine if Abraham had done that? God, I'm praying for a baby. Come on. I'm taking my wife out. We're going to wine her and dine her, and God, tonight's the night. <laughs> and it didn't happen. Are you here? And he just gave up. It would be a different story. He wouldn't be the father of faith. It wouldn't have come to pass. But he kept doing, kept sowing. He kept, kept honoring God. And all of a sudden, angel shows up. God shows up and says, now is the time. Are you here? Number two, don't put an ultimatum on God. Many times we come, we miss out because we put an ultimatum on God. God, if you don't move this year, that's it. 
I'm doing something else. I had a friend that was involved in business for years and it's not really working. And he said, I'm giving God three years. And if God doesn't come through in three years, I'm shutting this down. You heard Christians talk like that. And I thought to myself, number one, did God tell you to do it in the first place? If not, you're in disobedience. You might as well shut it down now. Come on. Sometimes we need to look at that. Is it God said or you said? Because we say, and then we just want God bless this, God bless this. And God says, you're not even doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't bless what I don't order. Come on. That's what Savior and Lord's about. The, the Savior part's the blessing. The Lord part is he's now Lord of all. Are you here? And so we do stuff out of our own initiative that God hasn't said, and then we want God to bless it. Come on. Some people do that. We need to have plastic surgery. Not on our face, on our credit card. Come on. Because, well, I'm a child of the king. I deserve this. Cling, 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 cling. And then you're playing, oh, God, pay my bills. Get me out of debt. Well, God didn't order that. You did. So you got to pay for it. Oh, come on. Good preaching this morning, Pastor Derek. Can we be real? And we get disillusioned with God. Come on. Live where you're at. Live at your means. God will prosper, but be faithful with the little. If you can't be faithful with the little and you're trying to be faithful over much and you only got little, that's not good financial planning. Come on. Get with a financial planner. Get with my wife. Get with somebody who can help you to manage. Budget sometimes is the leading of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's leading you by your budget. Come on. We don't like budget. But that's the leading of the Lord. You got to be faithful what you got. Come on, what comes in? How are you going to maximize it? Now, God will go beyond that, but you got to manage. You can't be using your neighbor's budget when you don't have their income. That's foolishness. But I just feel, I have a feeling. God wants me to be blessed. Yes, he does. But get the blessing first and then buy it. Come on. Good wisdom this morning. That's not my notes, but it's good. Amen. But we give God an ultimatum. And so, you know, that person, if God doesn't move in three years, I'm going to shut it down. Number one, if he hasn't spoke to you, shut it down now and figure out what God's saying. Don't wait three years. But number two, if God told you to do it, who are you to say, I'm going to shut something down that God said? And let me tell you, three years from now, what's going to happen? God's trying to get your pride out of the way, trying to get your ego out of the way, trying to let God be the one that builds the house. The Bible says the Lord builds a house. If not those that they labor, they labor in vain. Come on. We don't want to kick out our senior partner. We don't want to kick out our benefactor who's the one who prospers us. Amen. People say that in the church also. I'm going to give the church three years. And if I'm not 500 people. Come on. The average church in America is under 70 people. We're bigger than most churches in America. But we're just starting. Are you here? But who are you to say, if God said something, you just do it. Come on, even if it's you. Dr. Lester Sumron went to the Philippines and God gave him a building and he preached to his family for six months. That would be pretty hard. When I complain, God reminds me of that story. Come on. Six months. But he prayed, he fasted, he knew it hurt from God. And all of a sudden there was a girl in a prison who was demonized and was all over the radio. And the Lord said, you're going to go and cast the demon out of that that person, that girl. He said, me? Get one of the other pastors of those big churches. God said, no, you're going to do it. So make a long story short, he went there. It was the most televised case. This girl was crazy, you know, doing all sorts of crazy stuff, all things levitating, all crazy stuff. It was all over the news. And he goes in there and casts the devil out of the girl, witnesses to her family, gets them saved, and they show up the next week on Sunday. And guess what? The building starts filling up because everybody wanted to see the pastor who had some power come on and cast the demon out of the girl. True story. That's how God does it. Come on, that moment will come. But you can do all your marketing. You can do your Google AdWords, and you can do all, and nothing wrong with that. But unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor are labor in pain. Don't put an ultimatum on God. Don't box God in. God, you got to do it this way. If you don't do it this way, that's it. If you don't give me that man, Lord, that's it. And he gets attached to someone else. Come on. Don't, don't box it. Love Jesus. Seek Jesus and he'll move. Come on. Don't covet someone else's blessing. Don't covet what God's doing in someone else's life. Come on. Your time will come. 
If you don't grow weary and well-doing in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. Come on, because God is a good God, and you, God is not mocked what you sow, you will reap. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a big hand. Amen? What are the times that God speaks to us? Are you learning something this morning? When we're seeking God, the times we don't feel like seeking God are the times we need to seek God. What are the times we don't feel like seeking God? When we're under financial stress. We're feeling depressed. We're feeling discouraged. We're feeling that God is not fulfilling his promise in our life. But those are the times we need to seek the face of God. When does God speak to us suddenly? Number one, he speaks to us in the midst of depression and doubt. That's the time we need to seek God in our darkest moment. We all know the story of Elijah, one of the most anointed prophets in scripture, but he's depressed. He's running from his life, running from Jezebel. But where does he go? He goes and he gets under the tree and he begins to seek God and an angel of the Lord comes. In 1 Kings 19, he said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. He was suicidal. Then as he lay and he slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Come on. It's okay to be real with God. God, I'm angry. God, I'm frustrated. God, I feel what's the point. It's okay. God can handle it. Be real with God. But begin to seek God. Begin to pour out your heart before God. And God will come and he will touch you in that moment. And he'll begin to move. Are you here? In the midst of the darkest depression... Elijah sought God, and God began to move in his midst. Amen? Amen. So when we're going through difficulty, seek God. Don't draw back. A winner is not one who never fails. He's one who never quits. It's not the end of the story. The end of the story is only the end when you decide it's the end. You look at the success people in life. They don't go from success to success to success. Come on. I said this before. We only put our successes on Instagram and Facebook. You look, oh, wow, that's amazing. We read the Bible and, you know, chapter one, chapter two. There might have been 200 years before chapter two. And we think it's always instant. We think it's that way. No, we don't see the other side of the story. The difficulties, the the hardships. We look at Apostle Paul and all the, the letters he wrote and the great man of God and the miracles and Peter's shadow was healing people, but we don't see left for dead, stoned. We skip over those verses. Shipwrecked. Come on. But yet, he says, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. God wants us to be more con- We need to conquer some things. Don't, don't give up. Keep seeking God. Amen. Don't quit. Amen. Sometimes we feel like quitting. We feel like doing something else. God, it's too hard. But endure hardship as a good soldier because in due season, come on, you're going to reap. God is a good God, and you're suddenly will come. I'm trying to encourage somebody this morning. Come on, you're suddenly will come if you don't give up. The answer is not changing another job. The answer is not hopping to another church. And we go around and we keep doing changes and nothing ever happens. And what do we become? Spiritual vagabonds. We don't even want to put our resume together because it's got so many jobs that no one's going to hire us because we jump jobs every six months. Are you here? Stay put. Stay faithful. I want to change the world. I want to make a difference. And some of our millennials, that's how we talk. I want, to, I want something to do, something that counts. I don't want to just live for a paycheck. I want to change the world. Six months in a job, we want to quit. You're still on probation. How are you going to change the world? Come on. Give it some time. I'm not saying you can't. Give it some time. Are you here? Number two, God moves suddenly when God asks you to do something you don't understand. Come on, Peter stepped out of the boat. But how many know you can't walk on water? Anyone tried? I was a little kid. I used to try. I'm going to try it. Come on, Jesus, you know. Didn't work for me. But at least I tried. But he heard the word. Step out. If it's you, Lord, speak. And the Lord spoke something that was humanly impossible. But he said, if it's you, Lord, it's possible. With man, it's not possible. But with God, come on. All things are possible. Come on. With God, say it out loud. All things are possible. Sometimes God will ask you things. We left a a successful business in Singapore. We left, 
you know, pastor of a 32,000 member church, associate pastor. Doesn't make sense. People are like, what are you doing? You could just cruise in Christianity for years. You're, you're financially secure. You're, and you want to go to where? And plant what? And how are you going to do it? And where are you going to get your money? And what are you going to do? I don't know. But God said, go. Are you here? Sometimes God will speak to us. And it's something that's confusing. It's something that doesn't make sense. Jesus comes to John the Baptist meeting. And he's having a baptism service. And he comes to Jesus and says, baptize. John, uh, Jesus comes to John and says, baptize me. And John says, I don't need to baptize you. You should be baptizing me. But in Matthew 3 and verse 16, Jesus went through it. He said, it's fitting that I do it. And Jesus goes into the water. He comes out of the water and the Holy Spirit comes and descends like a dove. Heaven opens up and the Father says, this is my son and whom I'm well pleased. And John got to be a part of that movement of that moment. Come on. Because he did something that didn't make sense. It didn't seem right, but it was fitting to Jesus. Come on. And as he was obedient to do it, all of a sudden God shows up and he witnesses the Holy Spirit coming down. And I'm sure he got a little bit of the overflow. Are you here? Because that's how our God is. Amen. So you got to understand it doesn't always make sense, but as we do what's right, because it's fitting to God, God will begin to move. God likes something, something about the personality of God. He likes taking the foolish things and confounding the wise. He likes taking stuff. Come on. A woman who's got her last meal in a time of drought locks the locks and turns the lights out and goes back to the back room to have her last meal. But the prophet shows up and says, woman, give me your meal. You know how hard that would have been? It's like you coming up to church and you got your last $20 in your wallet and Jesus says, put it in the offering. We got real quiet here in this Presbyterian church this morning. Come on. What? God is so hard. No, because if you eat your seed, it's gone. He gave it to that woman. And what happened? She said, give me some vessels. He pours the oil and it starts multiplying. Get some more vessels, pours the oil. And she went to her neighbors and got vessels. She went to the town next door, got vessels. And as long as there were vessels, the oil kept flowing until they ran out of vessels. Because there was no expectation. You got nowhere else to put it. It stopped. But what if she had said no? What if she had turned the prophet away and said, get out of here. My son needs this meal. She would probably died. But she did what was unexpected. God moves suddenly when we step out in faith and obey his word. Are you here this morning? Number three, God moves suddenly when you can't see victory. Some of us, and I said this last week, we're getting attacked in areas of our life. Why? Because that's the area that our biggest breakthrough is about to happen. I feel that. Why? Because when the devil can't get us to quit, what does he do? He throws everything he can at us to try to get us to quit, to try to get us to stop. And when we don't, he's got nothing left. He's pulled out everything. He's got nothing left. And come on, the breakthrough, the blessing is there. Daniel fasted for 21 days. And on that day, the angel showed up, Michael showed up, and he got the victory, and he'd been fasting, praying. He said, what happened? I wanted it instant. How come I didn't get it the first day? The angel said, on the first day you prayed, God released me with your prayer answer, with your breakthrough. But there was war in the heavenlies. There was opposition that was there. But because you prayed, come on, we're on the winning side. Come on, there's the devils out there, but only one third went with him. Two thirds is still with God. Are you here? And because you didn't stop praying, because you didn't give up, here's your breakthrough. What if he had stopped on day 19? What if he stopped on day 20? I'm on a 21 day fast. You know, I made my kids fried rice yesterday. Oh, come on. I was tempted to stop. (laughs) But no, I'm going to plow through. I'm going to keep seeking God. I want to fulfill what 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 I'm I'm wanting to do. Why? Because I know God is faithful. Are you here? Well, I haven't seen the breakthrough yet. Don't give up. Right before it's there, you let go. What is prayer? What is seeking God? It's the expectancy with open hands. We're laying down things that are in our hands because we can't pick up new things if our hands are full. And waiting with expectation for God. 
Don't turn away and give up. When you can't see your victory, come on. That's the time. Just keep praising God. Keep worshiping God. Paul and Silas out there preaching the gospel, serving God, believing for revival, and they end up in prison in chains. I always think of this story. How would I have reacted? Just put yourself, you're, you're in there with Silas, in there with Paul. Do we turn to Paul and say, I should have followed Peter? <laughs> like, I knew it. Like, people told me, this Paul, this guy's crazy. Go, to, go with Peter, and I followed you. It's, I, I, I missed it. <sighs> Start grumbling and blaming Pastor Paul. What did they do? Can you imagine Paul? Come on, Jesus. Shipwreck, stone, left for dead, and now chains? Really? Are you kidding me? Isn't it enough? Think about it. That's the human reaction. Because the flesh is weak. But what did they do? They didn't react in the flesh. Because they knew it doesn't matter. Even I'm in the darkest place of hell, I can't. His presence is there. If I'm in heaven, his presence, there's nowhere I can go from his presence. And wherever two or three of us are gathered, he's there in the midst of us. Hey, Paul, Silas, one, two, we got two. And so they start praising God. Acts chapter 16 at midnight. Most people are sleeping. Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God. And the prisoners are listening to them. And suddenly, someone say suddenly. The timing of God. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake and the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains came off. Come on, they got the attention of heaven. Their praise went up to heaven. There were Christians that were praying for them. They knew it was not the end. And as they began to praise, come on, they got the attention of heaven and heaven came over to earth. Come on. And an angel touched and the chains came off in a moment. And a revival breaks out because the prisoners were listening. They preached to the prisoners. The guard came and the guard could have been killed if the prisoners got away. And he, they witnessed to the guard. The guard takes them home and they get the family saved and they have a baptismal service. Thank God they didn't go to sleep at 9 o'clock angry with God. Come on. When you can't see your victory, come on. That's where victory is so close. Don't give up hope at the 99th hour. At 11.59, don't give a hope because that's the time when God will come through suddenly. No matter what you're going through, don't lose hope. Tell your neighbor this morning, say, don't lose hope. I like the musicians to come. Don't lose hope. Have expectancy. Well, my kids have been living this way for years. Don't lose hope. 2019 is the year of your suddenly. Well, I've been trying. I've been struggling financially for, for years. Keep being faithful. Don't eat your seed. Sow your seed. And come on, there's a harvest that is coming. Harvest doesn't come instantly. But come on, when you sow a seed, you know it's going to come. The farmer doesn't look every day and, oh, I don't see it yet. Oh, there's no tree yet. Oh, there's no tree yet. Because you can't see the roots going deep. But when the roots get deep enough and they got the nutrients, the tree springs up and it happens very quickly, very suddenly. Keep doing what's right. No matter what, don't lose hope. Your life may not make perfect sense right now. That's okay. Just keep obeying God. Keep seeking God. Keep longing for him and say, God, you know, I don't care. That's when we get up. I don't care, God, if I'm never a millionaire. I just want you. God, I don't care if I build a mega church of 20,000 people. God, I just want you and what you want. Come on, Gideon saved the world with 600, not 6,000. We come to the place where we just want to enjoy his presence, enjoy the journey, enjoy that God is there with us. Well, I've been waiting for someone for many years. and I'm getting a little bit older. Be happy single. I don't need a man. I got Jesus. I don't need a woman. I got Jesus. Are you here? You're not full. Well, you complete me. No, Jesus completes me. And I need to be complete before I come to you. Come on. To you. Come on. So it's a pro- don't, don't get worried. Don't 
Be that person. Wait, be that person. Come on. A man's looking for a good. When a man finds a good woman, he finds a good thing. When a woman has a man come, it's a good thing. But focus on being the person. God wants you. Well, my friends, this. Get some new friends. Don't listen to the world, what the world says. You know, you watch stuff on TV. I was watching a show with my wife last night. It's so crazy. This person slept with that person, has a baby with this person. Now they're with this person. They come and then they find out what My wife said, oh my God, what would you do? I'm like, I would never be in that situation. That's craziness. The world's crazy. You might have some crazy in your life. God, there's things I've had to deal with in church that what do we do now? It's not in the Bible. Come on. But the principle is there. What do we do? Just keep seeking Jesus and we'll figure it out. I don't have all the answers, but he does. Amen. When you can't see the victory, keep seeking God. In the midst of depression and doubt, keep seeking God. When God asks you to do something, you don't understand it, keep seeking God. Come on, let's stand on our feet. The believers came together in Acts chapter 4. They were under great persecution, but what did they do? They sought the Lord. When you're going through something, what's it? Get into a prayer meeting. Come on, show up and pray. Get in your, find two people and get together. If there's no one there, you and the Holy Spirit, that's two. And what did they do? They came together. It was a time there was such opposition to stop, to quit, to give up. They said, stop preaching. But they came together and they prayed in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. With this, I'll close. They said, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. In the midst of opposition, you don't feel very bold. You feel intimidated. But what did they say? God, give us boldness. Some of us, we need some boldness this morning. In the midst of our trial, give me more boldness to keep keeping on. God, the breakthrough is right there. I'm not giving up. I'm going to lay hold of it in Jesus' name. Don't give up right before your breakthrough. And what happened? They prayed. And when they had prayed, someone say when they prayed. All of a sudden. All of a sudden, the place that they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with more boldness. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands right now. Come on. Whatever you're going through in your life, let's begin to pray right now that God will begin to shake us. Come on, we're going to keep seeking the Lord. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep fasting. We're going to keep worshiping God. Come on, we're going to see the subtleties in our life because God is not a God that he was lying. He's a God that will perform his word in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. Let's begin to pray right now. Oh, Come on, let boldness rise up out of your heart this morning. Come on, it doesn't matter what things look like right now. You could be in the midst of the storm, but come on, keep your eyes on the other side. You're going to the other side. doesn't matter what our bank balance said. doesn't matter who shows up. doesn't matter how many appointments we have this week. Come on, we're going to keep seeking God. We're going to keep seeking Him. We're going to keep honoring Him, and God will honor us. Oh, Come on, the grass is not greener on the other side. Quit looking over the fence. Begin to water the grass where you're at right now. Begin to be faithful where you're at right now. And God will bless the fruit of your hand. God will bless the fruit of your labor. We thank you, Jesus.